please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, welcome ladies and gentlemen, Woody, Barnsy and Satsy, Condo's upbeat, it's like Christmas Day today, the NRL is back. How good, I'm excited, Woody, are you pumped? I am so excited that I'm probably going to get nerd run down the main street of Lennox, that's how excited I am. Bez, are you excited? <laughs> Mate, I am, I am, it's, uh, yeah, it'd be good to see it. Woody, I, I'm even tempted to tip your team for the first time in about three years this week. Ooh. It's the first time I'm going to tip them since the 05 Grand Final. So. I'm not tipping them. <laughs> I reckon there's, there's two, they're overhyped. I reckon the Titans are a certainty. Well, we'll get to the NRL, boys. Around the grounds, let's uh, let's kick off. Uh, let's start with uh, the Test Cricket in India. It might actually be over by the time the Storm kick off tonight, the Storm versus the Eels. So first day, yeah. Aussies, um, great performance. Obviously, uh, a lot of conjecture about um, about the wicket. Um, the Indians obviously trying to provide a spinning wicket that sort of probably backfired because um, the Aussies did pretty well in the end and they bowled really, really well. And it was, uh, you know, when do you see a test where uh, the the opening bowlers bowl seven overs straight to spin? That was it. Yeah, right. Well, <clears throat> it's only going to be on the subcontinent. That's where the spins are spinning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> Thanks for that rap, Woody. Fucking hell, that's one of your best. That's a karaoke call right there. That's nearly know. up there yeah. with your with your bats. Your bats uh, joke. Look, I, I don't know what everyone's whinging about. At the end of the day, look, you go to the subcontinent to play spin, and we come out here in Australia. You don't pick a spinner for a test because you're just going to bowl four or five fast bowlers. So you basically just horses to courses and I think we've got to expect that and, and so far we've adapted the conditions in this test far better than they have so you know like if we can eke out you know 150 to 200 run lead in this I can't see us getting beat on this track but this morning's session will be key because yesterday it, it spun square for the first two sessions and then it was pretty you know it was only the oddball late late in the day um Yesterday, so I think this morning session is crucial if we can go on and um, make a big partnership and, and get well over 100 runs lead, 150 runs lead. I think we're we're looking really good. So 150 is enough, you reckon, Barnsley? Yeah, I, I think so. It just means it, it means they've got to score 250 really to make it a competitive game. What they they got all out for 109. Yeah, we, we're, we're, we're 40. Four, we're 47 in front. 47 in front. Hands coming. Yeah, and, and we're in. four down. And the yeah. wicket's spinning, Woody. So, Bezza, a little uh, little question for you about playing spin. Do we need to develop younger kids, do tours of India as they go in, you know, into the professional state league? Do we need to get them over there so we're better at playing spin? Like, is it if, if Smith I think falls they do or tours, Woody? They do. I think they do do tours in those younger age groups. But once again, it comes down to finances and everything like that. And then, you know, which kids are you sending over? Because you want to be sending over the right ones for your investment. So yeah, that Kuhneman's on fire, Barnsey. He got another he's six. He's done really on. well, mate. Yeah, yeah. And he's vindicated that selection that, you know, everyone was sort of questioning. So, no, he's, he's bowled well. Um, so, look, I... Uh, mate, 
hard one, Woody. I think you know we, we just you could try and How do maybe you mimic out it? Alice Springs or something. Yeah, go to Alice, Alice and Springs. create a few dusty decks that maybe turn, and we can try and try and get it that way. But Barnsley, what do, hard, what does mate. what does someone like Kawaja or the guys that actually have got runs? What are they doing different to the spin that the guys aren't that aren't getting runs aren't doing? Well, it's a hard one, mate, because some of them, you're just getting a good ball and you're getting out. Like Steve Smith got a cracker yesterday. There's nothing you can do, you know. But I think the great thing about uh, Kawaja is they've got multiple ways to play. So Kawaja will, he will sweep, he'll play the ball late and then occasionally use his feet. You're not becoming one-dimensional. I think that's the key to it. So the guys who've done well over there tend to be guys who can use a multitude of ways to you know, put the bowler off. And I think, to be honest, yes, I think India will be really disappointed with their bowling effort. It was really only Jadeja that occasionally got it right consistently. So, you know, I think they'll be in for a better bowling performance. But, yeah, look, Hanscom's a guy for us, I think, crucial too. He plays spin really well. He just looks to push around the singles, rotate the strike, um, and he does it well. So, uh, hopefully, as I said, 101 lead or more. That's what we're looking for. Uh, one little snippet that Condo picked up on mm. is, um, I don't know if you guys know of President Modi, the Indian president. Um, Albo's over there touring when the fourth test is on. The venue that they play the next test uh, takes 130000 He's a bit of a uh, He's a bit of a stager, this guy. He likes a sort of limelight. Apparently, um, since he's been um, in, uh, in office, he loves the security. So he has security everywhere. So it takes 130,000 people. How many do you reckon he's booked out for tickets for security, for hanger-oners, families and mates and all the rest of it out of, out of the 130,000? Because all the Indian public are burring up. Come on, what's Ten, the number? 10,000. 85,000 tickets of the 130. For security. <laughs> <laughs> and all his mates and hanger-oners. Fuck. Oh. Wow. So there you go. Albo will be there, but. So. He's everywhere at the moment, Albo. What's the text message like for 85,000 people, like the, the WhatsApp? <laughs> Meet at gate fucking <laughs> A. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, on to the NBA. Uh, there's only one snippet this week, Woody. You're all over the NBA. But, uh, I mean, he's been a really good player for, for years. But Damian Lilliard scored 71 points in one game. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, I think Donovan Mitchell scored 71. Uh, I think either, was it last season? Was it last season or this season? Uh, maybe? This season as well, yeah, Woody, yeah. yeah. So he's up there, you know, as one of the best point guards. He plays um, for Portland. He's probably the informed player in the comp at the moment. For definitely for he's always been at Portland, hasn't he? He hasn't sort of chased titles. He's just stayed there. Yeah, he's been really loyal to Portland, and obviously a small market team. So hard for him to get another All Star or another really good player to sort of, you know, have a really good crack at a championship. But you know, you hope, I hope they draft well in the next couple of seasons or you hope someone, they, they get someone in because he just, he's this type of player you'd barrack for, you know, if it wasn't your team. He's, he's uh, yeah, I don't know, speaks really well, really selfless. It's not about him. I don't know, sick that he's playing well. Yeah, so, so just on the numbers, he rates like sixth all-time three-point scorer with an uh, average of about uh, just shy of 59%. Steph Curry, number one, at 62, <laughs> Yeah, just to give you an idea. Is that how he's getting all his points that game? On oh, the amazing threes? shooter. Yeah, he, yeah. he scored 13 threes. I think. No, he got 71 one-pointers. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Thirteen. I don't three. think there's, there's only like free throws, Steve. <laughs> That's the only way you can get one point. But a fair few times at the line. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, pretty interesting in the golf today. Uh, the PGA Tour have pretty much uh, well they have they've come out and announced a schedule which replicates everything that Liv's doing, which is uh, which is quite funny after twelve months of sort of talking the talk that you know we're not going to have you know it, it's all about legacy it's all about cuts. Um, they're effectively from next year going to have pretty much two tours. So they'll have an elevated tour where the prize money will be increased. It'll only be for the top 70 uh, with no cuts. And then they'll have a de-elevated tour, I suppose you'd call it, where it's just 150 field and um, cuts and prize money way less. Are they letting the PGA blokes play in – sorry, the sorry, Leaf blokes no, play in the PGA? No, they're no. still not? No. That, that's why I think it's quite – it's sort of – I don't know, it's just interesting because if that's the way they want to go, well, why can't everyone play it? Mm. So yeah, anyway, that's, right. that's just a bit of an update. Uh, okay, well, uh, Barnsley, we'll let you uh, get back to the Ross Lane meeting and clean out all those canals um, so that we don't flood because it was 12 months ago today, you know. I seen. I actually saw Pelican Pete yeah. on the Ross Lane bridge slash it's not really a bridge. It's, Jet ski. No, he was yeah. uh, picket, picket, uh, he was protesting with a picket thing. <laughs> was he? Oh, no, no. That, that, that joke fell flat on my face. Sorry about that. But Pelican's actually Beric's next door neighbour who come into Beric's yard last year when the floods were on on a jet ski. So that gives you a bit of an idea of what Ross Lade needs to do. They need to really upgrade that road, upgrade that bridge because that connects the highway. It connects people to the sugar cane fields when they're picking cane. And yeah. we just, just need it. To... They've got to fix the fucking shit behind it though. Yeah. If they don't, mate, it's still going to flood there, and then it's just going to back up further. So, yeah, it's the the problem. The problem is actually further downstream, and most people are failing to recognise that. So that's kind of anyway. Enough about Ross Lane flooding, but yeah. It's so, Barnsley, before you before you go, can you just give us some? Um, uh, I know you've entered the tipping competition, and just so you're aware, uh, what we're doing is there's 27 rounds um, for our listeners, so we're going to divide it up into three. So anybody that is in front of Sats, Woody, Barnsley, Condo and Jurid at round nine, round 18 and then at the end, uh, they're going to get slabs of beer, pizzas. We're going to shower them with gifts. So that's the challenge. Wow. So please concentrate wow. on your tipping, Barnsley. Who's your best bet this weekend, Barnsley? Who sticks out? <laughs> Roosters to beat the Dolphins. Roosters to beat the Dolphins. You don't reckon the Dolphins will be competitive at, uh, at Suncorp? No, they'll be competitive, but I don't think they're going to win. Okay. So, what about the mighty yeah, knights, Barnsley? Yeah, definite, definite lock. That put them, put the house on them. Definite loss. Lock, lock. <laughs> he said lock. He didn't say loss. He's on the coaching <laughs> staff, Satsy. <laughs> You've heard it here first. Oh, definite Jesus. loss. Yeah, Eric yeah. Barnes. Definite wow. loss. Knights leading the table after round one. All right, let's just, let's quickly go here. Us three or us four. Sorry, Barry. Who's your uh, Dally M player of the year? Uh, I'm going to go Nico Hines. Beric? Oh, Jesus. That's putting you on the spot, isn't it? I just did, yeah. Okay, I'll jump in. I'll gonna, I'm going to go Ben Hunt. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Bess. Give me oh. someone, mate. Uh, happy Coruscant. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, Holy that. shit. I'm I gonna, like it. <clears throat> I'm going to go Nath Cleary. I reckon he's gonna. Ha- I'm gonna. I reckon right, he's eh? gonna break away this we'll season. We'll bring this episode back out. All right, and we'll bring your laughs back out when Ben Hunt wins. Sats. Yeah, well, there you go. And the the other thing is too in the in the tipping comp, you've got to pick a team that you 
um, want to kind of definitely win each week. Oh, knockout. Knockout. Yep. So you can't choose the same team twice. And we'll also do a prize for the last man standing. So we- this week, if you think your best bet, Barnsley, is the Roosters. Oh, okay. Yep, you nominate yep, the I Roosters. You. you stay in. You can't pick the Roosters next week, Barnsley. Whoever's the last man standing with their team that they've gone through, we'll, we'll throw a prize in. Yeah, it's I a, think I picked the Roosters this week, but I think I might go back and change. Uh, no, I can see. I can you see. Don't I can have your Dolphins, bloody. I can see how competitive you're going to get on this, Bears. My, my just quick uh, Nostradamus score prediction for the Roosters Dolphins: it'll be about eighty-two to nil, or maybe eighty-two to six. Can I get eighty-three <laughs> points head start? Yeah, I honestly reckon, reckon they're going to lose sixty nil. But how do you, do you think that the Roosters will be affected? They've had a few injuries. Obviously, Crichton out. Do you think that'll Reduce that oh, gap still or not? They're still, still a very still... strong squad. Oh, man. Spewing crimes out. They've got like 15 <laughs> other internationals. That they'll be fine. <laughs> Fucking Trent Robinson can jump in there and have a crack, mate. I reckon, did you train early this morning? Because you're on fire, James. I'm pumped out. I've got a double shot <laughs> latte fine. right next to me. Fired <laughs> up. It's footy season. It's footy season. It's Christmas fine, day. Yeah. Indian cricket pitches spin as well. Righto, Bez. Well, it's uh, good to have you. So you're, <laughs> go, you're going to go the Roosters. Right. Okay, beautiful. See you, mate. See you, No more sleeps. We're here. Christmas Day's <laughs> arrived. No more sleeps. Who's been sleepy? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Sleep when you're dead. <laughs> Sleep when you're dead, Jared. It's footy, footy too time. Many, too many games to look at. It's all happening, gentlemen. Day one. Yeah, giddy up. Yeah, we're good. so excited. So, Jared, before we get into uh, your rap, we're just going to do um, a quick rap for you. So we're going to divide the season into three. It's going to be nine 18 and 27, as in uh, 27 rounds. So after nine, anyone that's uh, beating Sati, Woody, Bez, myself and you will be shouting gifts and the same after 18 rounds and the same after uh, 27 rounds. And in between, um, Satsi is a convener here. He's running the tipping comp. So if he comes up with this week, anyone that, you know, picks a perfect round or whatever, will shower them in gifts as well. Just to clarify, so if Woody's dead last or myself, yeah, anyone else then after nine rounds get shouted a prize or do they have to be ahead of all, all of us? No, all they, of yeah, us. please listen to that. So they have to be ahead get of you. all of us. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we've well, got, uh, I think, Jared, we've got uh, the best part of 80 participants and hopefully after this potty, we, we're going we're to go on the hustle today. We want 100. We want a $2,000 first prize. That'd be nice. All right, what are you going to spend it on, Woody? I'm going to spend it on, uh, I'm going to go to the Super Bowl. I'm going to buy a ticket straight away. <laughs> Is that the same as the Super Bowl? It's all the same. Yeah, right. I'm going to go straight to the NFL's major event with that two grand, and I'll probably buy a, hey, lan- a lanyard for the fucking Woody, ticket. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if you look lately, mate, but I think the two grand will get you to the local pub to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Righto, Jared. let's get into it. So we're going to look at the three best, uh, what we think is the three best games for the weekend, and you're going to do a preview on that. So it's uh, the first one is tonight, Eel Storm. Yeah, and just for the listeners' benefit, I use a range of ratings and insights and algorithms and all that sort of stuff. So when I talk about numbers, I actually handicap each game myself. 
and then compare it to where I think the market might be, where there might be an edge, and if I want to have a play. So looking at this first up game, I can tell you that uh, the two of the games we're going to look at are two of the best back sides in the last seven to eight days, and Parramatta have been one of those two. So at the start of the week, if we go back to, say, Friday of last week, the Eels were two twenty-five into this game, and the Storm were $1.65. Very clear favourites, and the line was about two and a half, three and a half in favour of the Storm. It's now gone full tilt from two twenty-five into $1.95 for the Eels. There's been a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That line keeps moving down. I think we'll see by game time that it starts about one and a half between them. I actually had the Eels as favourite all week as opposed to what the market is, and I've been complete 360. So the market was minus two and a half. The Storm, I'm actually minus two and a half the Eels because if we look at the Storm, now both of these sides in the off-season have had a lot of change to their lineups. But then in addition to that, in picking a team this week, the Storm have eight outs. And of those eight outs, there's um, some very key ones, clearly Pappenhausen, but... Uh, you know, Olam, a number of other backs, uh, Tarek Sims and uh, Kamatamika in the middle. And so trying to line up what this Storm team looks like and how they might play uh, is very, very tricky. It, a lot of this is going to come down to how the Storm perform around their three key players in Harry Grant, Hughes and Munster. If one of them has a blinder, in, in particular the number six, then that probably puts them into the game well. The Eels... Um, Again, also quite a number of changes in the off-season, but then in, in naming a side this week, they're missing Lane and Madison out of their forward lineup. So there's two key back rowers that uh, they would have penciled in to want to be playing here. The advantage for them is at home. They've won uh, their last four against the Storm. The Storm's record at this ground is poor. The Eels' record at this ground is very good. I ended up marking the game, as I said, the Eels' small favourites. I'm tipping the Eels. But it is a bit of a tricky game. I do think the game is low on points. I think it's going to be a real physical arm wrestle. Uh, the total points mark at 40.5. I was slightly under that. Woody, is the uh, reason for the move in the betting? Wally sold his shop and he's moved into the new shop and he's had a crack? Well, I think the, the the reason the Eels have slid down, you reckon? No, as in they've gone from 225 into $1.95. Yeah, yeah. It's, because of, it's because of Wally Wynn's new yeah. shop. No, it's, it's because... That incredible re-signing of Mitchell Moses. He hasn't re-signed yet. I was going to say, is that a done deal? No, that's a done deal. I was just speaking to Benny Elias just then on the phone. (laughs) It's done. It's It's done. done. Is that is that is that right, Jared? No, I don't know. I just made that. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're hoping to announce it today. I think the sticking point is the Eels have come back with an offer of four years at one point two five. He wants five. Uh, The Tigers have offered four years at a higher number. Uh, and I guess the sticking point is who budges and uh, does he get four years or does he get five? If he gets five years, y- y- he's running down Church Street, nude. Oh, you'd be just cheering. You'd be cheering. Well, if he gets five years, he's won the lot. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, second game. Uh, this will be a cracker. Sea Eagles at home versus the Bulldogs. Yeah, this is a really good game, and and again, uh, the Eagles have been absolutely whacked. I mean, I I backed them at the start of the week at a dollar eighty-eight. They're now into under. A dollar sixty, so a dollar fifty-five now. That's a very significant move since Monday, and that's on the back too. That Schuster was already um, named last weekend as being in doubt, and clearly hasn't been named to play. The big in, but the market was already moving before this is that Turbo will play. 
DCE comes in. He hasn't played the trials. I really like the Eagles lineup. It's for uh, mine very strong. Um, listen, trial form is a bit like kissing your sister. You got to be very careful that uh, how much stress you actually think is in it. But I did like technically some of the stuff that the Eagles were doing. Um, defensively, I thought they were attitude very good. They looked very fit. Uh, Seabold is very smart about coaching the X's and the O's. Everybody knew their role. Their preseason clearly has gone well. The Bulldogs came out of their first trial really good, but they played a Raiders B grade that was very ordinary. Fell away very poorly, I thought, after 20 minutes against the Sharks. They now lose Thompson and Pangai. That's very key in the middle. Uh, big question for mine. I don't think that they've got a number seven that uh, can run the game for them. Uh, big question mark about the young fella playing at number one. They go to Brookvale where their record's very poor, lost their last six at the ground. And the Eagles uh, have won seven of the last eight times that they've played the Bulldogs. Uh, I think the market now is about where I had it, and that is that the Eagles minus four and a half and well uh, favoured. And I thought originally at the start of the week, one of my better plays for the week. So Eagles, yeah. So they're, they're pretty telling stats, aren't they? Hey, Jared, especially at home. What's your um, what's your uh, mail on Seabold, mate? Is he? Um, you know, last year that the Eagles were notoriously, um, well, I suppose off Desi, or there was a bit of that disharmony sort of stuff with the the pride jersey around and all that sort of stuff. Is Seabold sort of brought them together, mate? And um, do they do they seem like a cohesive unit? Yeah, I, I think so. And you know, all of the mile out of the place is that they're happy at the moment. Um, you know, they've trained very well. Uh, everybody's on the same page. Some of their uh, weekends away and some of their uh, their key camps have, have been very positive. Uh, the culture seems to be all back on the same page. I think the other thing is that they needed a bit of a fresh start. You know, Hasler's record's outstanding. He's been a very good coach for a long time. But maybe it was the right time for the changeover. But I think the other thing about the Eagles is that there's been a complete changeover of their staff. Um, Flanagan comes in as an assistant. He's very astute. He's won premierships. He he knows the game. Tactically, attacking-wise, he is very, very clever. He's also brought Peter Gentle in as an assistant coach to run their defence. Now, Gentle was the defensive coach at the Souths and then at the Broncos under Seabold. He is a very experienced, very smart defensive coach, and I think we saw that in the trials. I think the other news coming out of Brookvale is that the young guys feel that they're now going to get a look in and get used and played, whereas uh, some of them were beating their heads against a, a bit of a wall in trying to get into first grade under Dan. So I think, yes, I think they're all on the same page. I think they start well here. Brookvale will be absolutely humming. It's been a sellout for weeks um, and a lot of pressure on the Bulldogs. Uh, so then we go to North Queensland where we've got the Cowboys who a lot uh, a, a lot of people tipped last year would run in the bottom couple and they surprised uh, surprised everyone except for the Cowboys um, v the Raiders. Yeah, and I, I was one of those. I had the bottom four last year and as the weeks went by and they opened, I mean, they opened the season with a loss to the Bulldogs, would you believe? And then six weeks later, the Cowboys are up and humming and rolling along and Trent Barrett got walked. So... You know, again, you've got to take these opening rounds with a little bit of a grain of salt as we try and work out who's who in the zoo and what's happened in the off-season and how things are balanced up. But I think what Todd Payton did as a very clever coach is get the best out of the talent that he has there. He's got some very settled combinations. Um, I found this game, I thought the market just opened this the wrong way. I mean, the market opened at six and a half. I've always been somewhere around 10. 
um, because the, the Cowboys were a heartbeat away from winning the prelim and playing the grand final last year, whereas the Raiders uh, stumbled into the eight, got beat week one, and then I think they've got uh, four key outs from the team uh, that made the semis last year. Savage doesn't play. Papali, he doesn't play. They're missing two back rowers that were quality players that have changed in that list. So how the market ended up at six and a half to start with, I couldn't figure that out. The market's now eight and a half. I think by game time, it probably gets to nine and a half. Uh, I like the Cowboys at home. I thought their trial against the Broncos showed some quality. I do think there's points in the game because we've got an afternoon game in Townsville where the forecast is 32, likely tropical showers, the Raiders travel. Their interstate record has improved over recent years, but you know, the Cowboys have won eight of their last ten at home and four of their last five against the Raiders. I think we see points in the game, but I was keen that the Cowboys were winning here. Beautiful wrap-up. So if we go into the game tips, uh, we're going to put on a multi. We're going to back your your best uh, – well, not your best. We're going to back your round tips uh, – 10, 20 buck multi, um, which hopefully we'll make a lot of money out of by the end of the year and we can uh, put it back into something in the community, Jared. So please have your um, tipping shoes on. So we're going to start this week uh, and we're going to put 20 bucks on your multi. Most of these multis, I think, uh, when you went back and did the homework, usually pay somewhere between 25 and 30 bucks. Is that right? Yeah, there might be the odd week where it might be uh, 15 or 16 bucks. This week it's somewhere around 31 to 32 if you take all eight tips all up and uh, as an average, you know, uh, most years I'll pick the round at least twice. Uh, if we get it uh, a couple of times at those sorts of odds, it pays for the season. And let's hope it's round one because at 32 bucks, um, that might pay for lunch next week and maybe help uh, Woody pay for the airfare to the US for the NFL. But um, my game tips this week, let's go the Eels tonight. Thought that was a tricky game. I do like the Warriors. That isn't Wellington, but I do like the Warriors first up. So the does Panthers. Beric. Beric likes the Warriors as well. <laughs> yeah, tipped <laughs> Sorry, the Panthers, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Rabbits, the Roosters. And I think the Titans can cause an upset in the last game and win it like us. Don't be silly. <laughs> Do not be silly. <laughs> Jared, you've missed a game. Which one have I missed? Can the Dragons the can the Dragons win the bye? Oh, listen, I've got the buy odds on. <laughs> oh, fuck off. Um, righto, so uh, this week, uh, this is the one that we're all waiting for. I think this is uh, this is uh, this could be a really good start. I like this multi. What's uh, what's Jared's best bet this weekend? Well, my best my best bet was originally the Eagles, but I took them at a dollar eighty-eight. Very well found now at a dollar fifty-five. So let's take them to win into an all-up of the Cowboys to win somewhere around 2015 with uh, my good friends at Top Sport. Okay, so we're going Eagles into the Cowboys. That's it. And I'm That's just going to throw win. Just for those chasing a little bit of value, I'm just going <laughs> to throw in Knights versus Warriors over 42.5. Is, is that the total points? Um, yeah. Whatever that is, I reckon put your house on it, Woody, because I think the Knights particularly the Knights, will um, be basically like touch footy. So, so there'll be so, some points scored. So, you're, so Sats Betts' best bet is <laughs> is over 42.5 points for the game. Correct. Yeah. And, okay. I, and I, I must say I do like that. And one of the key factors there is that the game is at a neutral ground. That always has a bit of an influence on the total points. And two teams that uh, probably don't like defending, that's probably optional here. They'll put the, pass the footy a lot. 
The other thing just for everybody to start to look at this week, I will say, is that we have a new rule interpretation with the refs this year that to be on side yeah, two if, feet it's, back. If, if it's refereed correctly, both feet need to be behind the referee. Now, what I thought in the trials was a bigger 10 metres mm. uh, and that is going to open the game up and potentially see, in many instances, a lot more points and advantage to the attacking team. So key thing to watch in the weeks ahead. Is that still the same rule of it's either at six again if it's outside the 20 or inside the 20 or a penalty? Is it a, or is it an immediate penalty, Jared? Well, I mean, the interpretation of the whole six again is just a, a debacle. Uh, so it's, um, yeah, yes, it's supposed to be uh, between the 20s, but, you know, I yeah. don't want to get bogged down in that. I mean, We've got eight different referees this week, and I can guarantee you, looking at the numbers over the last three years, all eight of them have got a different interpretation around the six again. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to one of the key matchups of the season. <laughs> Redcliffe Dolphins versus St. George Illawarra. That will be an absolute belter. That'll probably oh, be yeah. on, that probably won't even, that'll be on like Wednesday morning. That's how fucking shit that'll be. <laughs> It'll outrate State of Origin. It'll be well, on a midnight. I'll give on you a little tip, gentlemen. Uh, the Dolphins play the Dragons twice. And, uh, Imagine if those we lose both two, those. Oh. Those two games will decide who finishes 17th, in my opinion. Oh, there you go. Imagine if one of them gets relegated. They have to play in the fucking <laughs> final of Coast Comp. <laughs> Could we try and go to an Origin this year? I'm gonna. I'm trying to get tickets to the actual Dolphins Dragons game. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jared. Okay. So in summary, your best bet is Eagles to win into the Cowboys, uh, paying two dollars fifteen. And your uh, and your game tips are Eels. I actually I'm going for the Storm. Eels, Warriors, Panthers, Eagles, Cowboys, Rabbits, Roosters, and the Titans to beat the Tigers. And take me on, gentlemen. Jump in the tipping comp. Let's see uh, out of the panel how we progress into the season. My tips are there every Thursday, so I'm playing as well. I've uh, I've got twenty bucks in the kitty, and I'm chasing that two thousand. Let me tell you. Righto, and uh, and give us a wrap on uh, reading the play website for any latecomers that want to get on there and subscribe. How do they do it? Yeah, listen. If, if you love your NFL, uh, you know. NFL, NRL as much as I do, um, jump on the website, uh, previews, I do a, a write-up, all the key numbers, all the key stats, uh, all my handicaps, game tips and betting lists, all of that is normally out Monday, Tuesday to start the week, and then all the previews are published on the Thursday. So if you love that sort of stuff, go to the website, there's a special pre-season offer for the season pass, which covers all the games, all the finals, all the origin, you get the whole box and dice all season long. Beautiful. Thanks, Jared. That's a great wrap uh, week one. Really looking forward to uh, 8 p.m. tonight. The uh, the test uh, test match cricket will be over. It'll be <laughs> run and won by the Aussies, and we'll be able to concentrate on the uh, NRL season. So good. Well, I think there's two highlight games for me this week. One is the last one. That's at Leichhardt. Poor old Woody will be sitting back there Sunday night trying to see these Tigers aim up. And then the one, the best one is probably the one after that where the Dragons roll out to play the bye. <laughs> Can I give you a, t- a tip of the 6.15 game on a Sunday night? It's actually a really good game to have the Tigers because Woody's at home with the kids and he's on his phone. So he'll actually reply to texts when they're losing. <coughs> I will be in my jersey. I'm going to wear my jersey for the first <laughs> opening round in about 10 years. I'll be ready. Would, would, he, would he take the family out for lunch on Sunday? <laughs> Spend four hours at the pub, just prime yourself up, ready to watch the pain. It's on. 
Righto. Let's thanks, go, Sarah. Luke Brooks. Kick one. <laughs> we'll Properly. catch you on Monday. <laughs> See you, gentlemen. See you, mate. See you, mate. Do you get a point for the buy? Like, you get two. You, yeah, you get a win. So what a, what a start for you blokes. That's unbelievable. Top. We're leading the comp right <laughs> now. The Top comp. of the table. <laughs> we are leading the comp. Did someone oh. at the NRL will go, oh, fuck, quick, give them the first round. Yeah, they'd have to. Oh, come on. Boys, what have we been listening to this week? Uh, I have been listening to yesterday, got a hold of James Graham podcast with Anthony Minicello. The buy round, yep. Yeah, really good. Minis, Minis podcast, amazing. Um. It fits in well with that eight-week challenge we're doing with Johnny Gannon, just about your diet, eating well. Um, it, it got in-depth with how he rehabbed his back. He had three back surgeries in a row throughout from 06 to 08, then did his um, ankle, did his knee. He had a really bad four years of injuries and just spoke about how he changed his diet, changed his habits. Where did he pick that up from, Woody? Who sort of uh, threw, pulled him into line on all of he, that? He just went looking after, I guess, the third or fourth injury. He's like, all right, this – because in the first six or seven seasons, he made four or five grand finals, yep. played the most games for the Roosters, played all the international games. And then he had the best – I think he had the best part of 12 months out, didn't he? With the, he had four seasons in a row where he played – I think he missed two seasons, maybe played a game or two. Yeah. And then – you know, but to come back from that and keep playing at well, the NRL level was crazy. In his, yeah, in but his, at, a, at a really high he level. Did a, yeah. He did an MRI of his disc, so it was a lot of disc issues. He's, he disc, had ruptured disc, and uh, he did an MRI in about 2008 after his second or third back surgery. Mm. And they a, a good quality back, um, well-hydrated muscles. They're all white. A bad one's black. Every disc was black. So oh, he had right. to change a bunch of habits in regards to like – Painkillers, way he rehabbed, obviously drinking after games, drinking, you know, too much. So he changed all that. Diet was a big thing and got his MRI after he retired. And I think they were all, I think he said they were all back to looking white, like fully hydrated. And they reckon that, you know, they, they hadn't seen that happen in a short amount of time or at all. So Was it a different surgery different disc every surgery i think so yeah he was just doing and putting his socks on and stuff he said yeah. in the podcast like yeah. it wasn't so much when he was playing he could get needled and play through the pain and he was ready to play but it was just when he wasn't switched on and, and did he go to um did he go to the sort of patrick mahone's level uh after sort of coming back where he didn't take painkillers yeah he, he was did. like yeah he, right he's like full he's a full uh fully qualified Natural. uh nutritionist yep. as well as like he goes down on that holistic side of stuff um, you know, I think he's got, you know, basically a carnivore, sort of carnivore style diet. Um, yeah, he's like on it to now where he's employed by Trent Robinson at the Roosters to try and educate the guys coming through on a better diet, better rehab. And he's using himself as an example of what can happen if you Get are just eating bad, partying and playing and you think you're bulletproof. It eventually sort of, you know, it'll take its toll and catch up with you and those seasons you miss. You know, that's obviously a big amount of money. You know, you could lose a contract. Or you might not play Origin, whatever it is. Mm, career ending. Career Satsi, ending. Satsi, what have you been listening to? Well, Watching. I actually really like that, um, the Byram podcast with James Graham. I listened to the Mark Boris one recently. Yeah. I know Woody and I like uh, Mark Boris. And it was, he's on the board of the Roosters. And it, he just talks about um, their approach as a board, um, talks about, 
um, their involvement. Um, so this they, is generally just how they go about running the club. Yeah, but it gives you real insight into what they do as a, at a board level and then how that filters down. And he basically said that they don't get involved in any of the day-to-day running of the club. They don't get involved in any of the selections or what holes to run or, you know, do a pass here or, you know, tackle there. They are purely there to run the football club in terms of the back end. Um he said it's very organised. Nick Politis is the chairman. He makes the decisions and everyone else on the board sort of serves him. Um, but then he goes into all the detail, which we all knew about, but just I thought it was fascinating, like what Woody said, um, getting players in like Minicello, um, talking about setting players up for after footy, mm. how they have constant conversations with them about getting their um, things in order for after footy. Um, they actively go and approach players. So they'll go and grab you and say, right, Condo, have you thought about what you're going to do at the end of footy? Let's get some things in place for you. So, mate, it was a really, really interesting podcast. Yeah, yeah beautiful. Yeah. And there's another one. I don't know if you've um, heard it um, on that James Graham. He does a podcast um, series. I think it's about six parts. Um, it's called Head Noise. Yeah. When he had all these head knocks and stuff. So um, Barnsley's actually on one, um, one of the um, episodes, but he basically takes you through, like he played something like 420 odd NRL games and St. Helens, like that English Super League. He takes you through the journey of like finding out what his brain's like and the damage to his brain. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. So he, he talks about like, you know, he'll play, he played a game, for example, and makes a tackle and then just, you know, it's, he's knocked out. They take him off. He's having all these headaches at home. He's up and down. His mood's, um, you know, terrible. He goes and has scans. And he's basically, I think in the end, he gets diagnosed with, like, not early onset dementia, but pretty bad brain damage. Um, but, but now he knows where he's at. But he's really, really uh, interesting dude, James he Graham. Like very he's, well. he's really articulate. Um, yeah, so uh, I think that's a really good podcast. Two yeah. I'd like to flag uh, this week is uh, on Sunday the Ryan Pappenhausen doco uh, drops that the Storm have done. Oh, yeah. Anything the Storm do on that side of things, um, docos, social media-wise, they're always really well done. So that'll be really interesting. He's obviously not back on the park, they reckon, until maybe round eight, round ten. But it'll be really interesting to see how he went about uh, rehab or his, the start of his rehab in the US. Mm. So that drops on Sunday. I think the other one... T- uh, this podcast was actually done a couple of years ago, and the reason I flag it is because he won on the PGA Tour this year. But uh, it's one on it, it's done with uh, no laying up uh, golf podcast on Chris Kirk, yeah. and it's it's not specifically golf centric. It's just about a guy who lost his way, was at the top of his game. Um, he was like one spot off being picked in the Ryder Cup, very financially stable, had won a lot of money on the tour, and then got into this real. Uh, real bad sort of anxiety problem on, you know, just week-to-week golf. So he didn't have any issues with the stability around his life, but it ended up where he, um, when he'd get into uh, bad situations with anxiety when he was away from the family and not playing that well, that um, he'd drink and he ended up being an alcoholic. Yeah, right. Um, rang Jay Monaghan, uh, chairman of the PGA, and just, and just dialed out and just said, I'm done. Uh, left the game for a couple of years to get himself right um, and then forged his way back and he won on Monday. And uh, if you listen to the podcast, for anybody that gets into a bit of a rut and it doesn't have to be as an individual athlete or an athlete, it's, there's some really good, um, really good tales in there of how he went about sort of rectifying, uh, rectifying his situation and everything's good now and 
his wife's still there and his three kids and he's That's and right. he's and he's back playing great golf. And it, he and he's and he's totally off the off the alcohol. So it'd be a lonely place. Like looking at that full swing podcast, the Brooks Kepka one, the episode with him, how he has a bit of a shocker at the Masters, and you just see him go back to his ACOM and you know, he, he's obviously in a really dark place. But like you say, you throw alcohol in there, away from your family, you miss the cut, you know. Well, Chris be... Kirk talks about how it just, how he got into the rut. Is he'd go back to a hotel room and he'd had, he's had a bad round or he's going to miss the cut. And he'd sit down and have dinner and he'd have one beer. And he said before he knew it, he'd had 20. Yeah, right. And over a period of time, it just got, you know, there was a trend there and. And then he just couldn't sit down and have one beer. He was having 20. So anyway, interesting. A really good listen. Uh, Woody, your, uh, your sort of week one into this challenge, this eight-week challenge, talk us through this week. I want to know how you're rehabbing from the training that you're doing because I know it's pretty intense, the training that you're doing. What, what, do, you, uh, what do you sort of fall back to on for your best rehab habits? Mate, uh, well, yeah, we started on Sunday. Uh, I've just been sore pretty much since Sunday. Uh, so, yeah, I, tr- I mean, obviously, if not everyone's got an ice bath or whatever. Ideally, you'd be jumping in one of them. But I have been, again, I'll go to YouTube. I've used YouTube as like a bit of a thing for Wellness Corner. But I've just been doing beginner yoga. So you can do a 10 to 20-minute beginner yoga um, video on YouTube. After you train. I'll just do it at night. Yep. So I usually try and train in the morning and then at night if I'm really sore. And I have done it last three nights. Just flick on uh, YouTube. Google uh, yoga for beginners. I'm shit house. Like I don't do it very often. And I used just been doing a 20 minute one. And it's usually a lady that takes you through it. Real, it's really mellow, really, you know, I don't know the moves. I'm not very good with the technique. So obviously I just do the beginner one. And it's a lot of it's just stretching from your back. Like you're lying on your back and just stretching your legs, obviously your hips and feel way better, Beautiful. way better. Are you still off the drink? Yeah, yeah, I'm four days into eight weeks. I was going to say, did you? Were you off the drink Saturday night at Byron? No, no, no. So my was your he co, started, was your he, co he partner Sunday. Keith Pickett off the drink too? Was he sober? No, that, no. That? He, he, he so he's not doing the eight week challenge. So oh, he, thank God. Yeah, because he's got a wedding in seven weeks. So <laughs> there's no point. There's no point. I know. Why start now? Well, or just not drink and then you know obviously just do that one night. But I that looked fun. Was my, it good? That's yeah, it was not. good fun. So my scan, uh, my follow-up scan is on the 27th. So your DEXA scan, yeah. Yeah, my DEXA scan. So um, obviously that's why I drank on the 25th. So I'll have a few extra days. So anyone out there like Melling is going to try and write a complaint to the board of fucking DEXA scans. What did Melling have on his arm the other day? Some sort of... Uh, he got this steroid thing from uh, Mexico and it's just something that he <laughs> sleeps with. So it just slowly releases drips in steroids. He, he's, uh, he really wants to win this challenge, doesn't he? I think he just wants to beat me as I want to beat him. And it's just a story of our life. We'll flip coins or we'll do whatever for competition. It's if you right. throw the third one in there, I think Pac might beat both of you. Yeah, see, the only thing with Pac is he's so fucking lean that it's going to be hard for him to have a, a yeah, much of a body, body percentage drop. He's going to have to dead set not eat for two weeks, the last two weeks of the thing. <laughs> My mail's on. <laughs> Which uh, is probably what I'll do. I'll dead yeah. set fast for a week before this last To beat Melly. But see, yeah. the other thing too is just if you fast, if you deplete your, your fat, you want to bulk as well, but don't you? So yeah, it's yeah. a fine line. Yeah. My mail's on um, Josh Ford from New Age Electrical. He's Some of the sessions that he's doing – 
Oh, Mate, he's, he's, he's on fire. So, but he's the problem with him. He was been running heaps prior to his Dexter scan, so he's already quite yeah, fit and true. lean. But he does have. He's got a bit to lose. Like he was saying the other day, he was telling me he's only a couple of percentage higher than Rian. Yeah, but Sassy is a full time athlete. He basically he is. doesn't walk. He, uh, sorry, he doesn't work. He's like Forrest Gump. He's either <laughs> yeah. running or he's in the gym. True. Oh, it's just unbelievable. It's just epic that everyone's See, having a crack. It's yeah. really good. Everyone's stepped I, up. I, I, yeah. I, I, I probably train three to four times a week. I'm now training seven days a week. It gives you something to think about, something to do. I'm trying not to overtrain and get injured. So what? What have you? It's nine o'clock now. What have you done today? You did something. You posted something. This yeah, morning. me and uh, Zach Kondo, um, me and Pack already did a just a weight session. We were just fucking fired it up. There was water. Was that water or sweat? That was sweat. We did uh, two-minute bridge. We did side bridge. We just fucking got after it. Chin-ups, clean press, pull, squat. It's about seven lifts. I don't know. Melly went big yesterday. Arvo, that fucking guy thinks he's going to have one step ahead of me. He's tripping. Righto. Final word. Uh, Satsy, final word on this, uh, on, on NRL Eve. Mate, I'm just pumped. Absolutely pumped for tonight. Uh, I think great game. Storm versus uh, Eels to start with. I hope the Knights can do it over in New Zealand. <laughs> you must be a bit disappointed with Bez's tip. Yeah, that surprises he me. He did so. say lost, didn't he? Or did he say lock? Well, I can't. What's lock? And what's not? Well, they're lock? locked in to win. I locked in to win. Yeah. Okay. The, there you go. Who, who is like, so every year there's a team that you think is going to be around the bottom of the eight or, or outside the eight and they end up going off. Yeah. So like your Cowboys oh, last you. year. Yeah, yeah. Who is that going to be this year? I hope, look, I, I think it's going to be Bulldogs. Like, I don't know if everyone's tipped the Bulldogs to oh, I tip them last, against me. but I, I think the Bulldogs will be the big improvers. No, I'm going to say Titans. You're going to say Titans? Yeah. I, 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 I think it might be Canberra. Going off Jared's like, mm. his draw list. Uh, well, they got a good draw. The draw. Yeah. I think Canberra against, um, who are they playing? They're playing the Cowboys. I think they're every chance to have a good crack at the Cowboys. Who is the first NRL coach sacked? 2023. Hands down going to be uh, Wayne Bennett from the Dolphins. You reckon? He's going to lose 100 <laughs> nil the first five games. No, I think uh, I think first first sack will be your coach, Sats. You reckon? Yeah, Adam O'Brien. O'Brien. Adam O'Brien. Yeah. I, I think the first one that should be sacked is the Dragons, but I don't think they'll sack him. Why they'll not? Because oh, they'll just let him sit there till the end of the year and they'll employ a new coach for next year. Just the way, the stupid way they I do reckon things. The, I reckon too. I reckon... Uh, I reckon um, Walters, I really reckon. Yeah, Kevy Walters. But they extended him. How's he going to get sacked when they just he's just ex- had a mate, contract extension? Woody, how's that yeah. work? Smoke and mirrors. I, I really think if that they, they were really good for most of the season last year, and then they lost what their last six or seven games to miss the eight. To miss the eight. I, I feel like if they start slow. Yeah, it's a good point. I'm also Reynolds gets injured. They are fucking up the creek. They yeah. lost those good young players to the Dolphins. Like there's a lot yeah. of nothing great happening yet. Cobbo cooked him in the press. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm. true. I'm interested to see the relationship between Seraldo and Gould. Yeah, he could, if they go shit, he could. I don't. I don't know if they would do it to him, but it might you're be too you're, early. You're sounding like Buzz Rothfield. <laughs> <laughs> he just calls Gus out on everything. What's your final word, uh, Woody? Ah, go the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a dog. I know. I, wow. Rah! Right, our condo's final word is, uh, I think uh, I just had a look. Dragons are paying $3 to, win, uh, to beat the buyer. Get on. Don't smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs>